Welcome back to the Why We Eat podcast. I'm Emily Berry, dietitian, mom, and lover of food. Each episode, we deep dive into reasons behind why we eat, plus give you tools and tips to help take that knowledge and turn it into habits that build the healthy lifestyle that you want. Now, if you're wanting more individualized support or guidance, please reach out to me on Instagram at mamaberrynutrition. Now, let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Why We Eat podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about why we feel hungry and counter to that, why we feel full. Where do these sensations come from? What is happening in our body when we feel these hunger and fullness cues? Are there things that can be tricking us into feeling hungry when we're not or full when we're not? And how do we use this information, this understanding to become more in touch with our hunger and fullness cues and what that means for our body? Now, this is a huge topic that I work on with clients all of the time. So many of us are out of touch with our true hunger signals, with our true fullness cues. And when you can learn what those are, learn to pay attention to them and to respect them, you will be so much more in control of making yourself feel good, eating the right amount that your body needs. So let's jump in. Hunger and fullness are both complex events that happen in our body. There are so many interactions, communications happening. I want you to think of these feelings, these sensations, not just as a one cue. When you're thinking about what's going on in your body, it's more like a production. If you think about a play or a musical or a concert, not only is there the spotlight on the artist, but there are the backup singers, there's the lights and the production crew, everything is happening. And that's very similar to what is going on in our bodies when we feel these complex sensations of hunger and fullness. Today, I'm going to just be brushing the surface on what happens because I don't want to bore you with all of the science. When we start to feel hungry, there are a few things going on. The first one being that our stomach is empty and has been empty for a long time. It is communicating with our brain that, hey, I might need some food soon. And the longer you let your stomach stay empty, the stronger that communication gets until it's screaming at you. And some of you may have had this happen before where you are busy, distracted, maybe even watching the kids all day or really involved in a work project and you don't realize you're hungry until you are starving. That is because your stomach has been empty for so long that this communication has built up and built up to where the hypothalamus in your brain is releasing this ghrelin hormone, telling your body, I'm hungry, I'm starving, we need to eat now. Now, on the flip side of this, your stomach can also tell your brain when it's full. This is another production type of event that doesn't happen immediately. So as your stomach is filling up, the nerves around that stomach muscle are what is telling your brain that it is getting full. As those nerves stretch a little more and a little more, they are sending signal after signal to your brain saying, I'm a little more full, I'm a little more full. The one thing with this occurrence is that there's a little bit of lag time. 
You may have been in a similar situation where maybe you were starving and so you ate super quickly. And then on the other end, you felt too full because what happened was your nerves might have stretched to the max, but that lag time was causing your brain to only register comfortable fullness until when you stopped eating and it caught up and then you're like, wow, now I'm too full. And this happens through a hormone called leptin. Now, I'm not going to fully explain hormones today because we have an episode coming up with my good friend Becca all about hormones and she is the hormone specialist. So I'm going to save that topic for her. But just remember, ghrelin is our hunger hormone and leptin is our fullness hormone. Another thing that is happening that is impacting both your hunger and your fullness signals levels is your blood sugar. When your blood sugar starts to drop, which happens when we have gone too long without any source of a carbohydrate, your body will again start signaling to your brain, I need to eat soon. Now, the sensations that come along with blood sugar dropping are different from your stomach emptying. When your stomach is emptying, that's when you actually feel the pains in your stomach, maybe hear the growling. When your blood sugar is dropping, that might feel more like fatigue, like being a little bit shaky, losing your focus, even irritability. You know, that hangry feeling um, I am very guilty of. That is from your blood sugar levels dropping. And the way to fix that is by eating. Of course, our bodies are pretty smart and they love being in homeostasis, basically keeping everything the same. So you aren't going to have a severe drop in blood sugars unless you have some sort of condition that's going to cause that. If you're just an average adult, your body will be able to make some blood sugars from other things, but it's not going to be as effective as eating. So as you eat, as your body processes these carbohydrates, you will start to feel normal again. Another symptom that comes along with these blood sugars going down and then coming back up when we eat is that sleepy feeling you can get after eating. So yes, a drop in blood sugars can make you feel tired and foggy when it's low, but then the change where it comes up can make you feel kind of sleepy, more that warm, comforty, sleepy after they come up. Now, there are ways to combat this, to make sure you aren't feeling tired around mealtime, but we will talk about that a little bit later in the episode. So far, we've talked about some of the physical occurrences that cause hunger and fullness, as well as blood sugar management. But even more complicated is the different chemical reactions that are between your gut, like your colon and your small intestine and your brain around the different types of food that we are eating. So with just the physical changes in mind, it would make sense that if you were hungry, but you filled your stomach up with water, you would feel full, which might work for five minutes, but you will feel hungry again very quickly. That's where these chemical communications come into play. If you are eating foods specifically that are high in things like fiber, protein, fats, these are what is going to help keep you fuller longer. And that is through these different communications, through how your body is digesting and moving the food at what speed, at what speed your blood sugar is going up and down, 
And we call this satiation. So how satiating a food is, is how much it will fill you up, but also how long it will keep you full. Now, those are all of our true hunger cues, but there are other reasons behind why we eat and they can disguise themselves as hunger. So if you're someone who likes to chew, likes to have some sort of mouth feel when you are feeling stressed or anxious, if you're someone that maybe chews on the side of your lip, that could also be misinterpreted as a hunger cue. If you're not paying close attention and identifying where this feeling is coming from, the need to chew can also feel like hunger because a feeling is a very fluid term. And if in your brain you've constantly associated the need to chew with hunger, then you might also associate stress with making you feel hungry. Another false sense of hunger can come from a lack of sleep. When our body is not getting the energy it needs from sleep, it can crave energy from other places. Specifically, simple carbs are one of the things that our body tells us we need when we aren't having enough sleep. And sometimes that can feel like hunger. Another reason why we might feel like we're hungry when it's not a true hunger sensation is when we need water. It's just our body telling us that we need something and it could feel it can actually feel like a sensation in your stomach like I need to eat when you are just mildly dehydrated when you need to drink water. Lastly, separate from hunger is our appetite. Appetite is just the desire to eat. So if you've ever been walking by a bakery and you smell that fresh bread and all of a sudden you have this urge to eat that is your appetite talking. And that is tied in with a lot of psychological cues. And it's not a reason to ignore a desire to eat. But when we're talking about true hunger, that true physical sensation of hunger, appetite is separate. Now, discerning what all of this means and how to utilize it, as well as getting in touch with fullness and how to pay attention to when to slow down your eating, when to stop eating. That's what we're going to be discussing next. To start getting in touch with your hunger cues, what those are, and the ability to honor them, one of the first things that I make sure my clients are doing is a consistent eating schedule. Now, how many times you eat throughout the day, how many meals you have when you are eating is less important than keeping that consistent. Not everyone is a breakfast person. Not everyone likes to only eat three meals a day. That's fine. But whatever you decide is your eating pattern, stick with that. That is going to help you become more in touch with your hunger cues, not only from a physical aspect. As your body learns your routine, your body learns your rhythm, it gets into the synchronous place where if you normally eat lunch at 12 p.m., you start to get hungry at 12 p.m. every day. But it also triggers you to be in touch, know what those feelings are, and make sure you're eating regularly throughout the day. One of the things you 
absolutely want to avoid is getting so distracted with life, with kids, with work, that you skip meals and then become overly hungry. One of the things I always tell my clients is that becoming overly hungry leads to overeating. So in the moment when we overeat, sometimes we can blame ourselves, think that we somehow lacked willpower. But if you look back and you realize, wow, I was actually overly hungry. I didn't have the ability to stay in tune with my hunger and fullness. And that is the reason why I overate. It can help you to better plan for the future because rather than just telling yourself, oh, I will not overeat again, you can start to think about planning your meals better so you don't get overly hungry. Maybe that looks like having a plan B backup snack, something in your purse or in your car so that if you are busy, you don't have access to food. It's something to sustain you to keep you going. We don't want these hunger cues, this hunger feeling to become so strong that you feel out of control. If you feel like your food decisions are rushed because of how hungry you are, that comes back to planning, to looking at what your day looks like or what your week looks like, figuring out when you do tend to skip meals or when you do feel very rushed around food and putting a little bit more intention around planning there. Now, before you have a meal or before you have a snack at the scheduled time or around the time that you would like to be eating, one thing that can help you if you are totally out of touch with your hunger cues, if you don't even know what hunger feels like anymore, is just doing a body check-in. It can be 15 seconds. You just scan, ask yourself, how am I feeling physically? You know, notice if there are any areas of your body where you do have a feeling that you can pick out. How am I feeling mentally foggy, clear, concentrated, distracted? How am I feeling emotionally um, like hangry or anxious? Those can all be symptoms of hunger. And as you do this more and more, you start to learn what your own cues for hunger are, and they might be very different than what you thought they might be. For example, one of my personal kind of odd hunger cues is that I tend to chew on my lip when I start to get hungry. It's almost like my body's way of saying, hey, you need to chew, you need to eat, you're a little distracted, go find a snack. The better you get at identifying your hunger cues, specifically your early hunger cues, those little feelings, those little signals your body is giving you that you're going to need to eat sometime in the near future. The better you get at discerning those, the more in control you are with your food choices. Not saying that we need to have a militant control over the food that we're eating, but you want to have some intention behind the food choices you're making. And if you're letting yourself get super hungry, it's really hard to do that. So practice this. Try doing a body check-in each time before you eat and picking up on some of your unique hunger cues. It can be so helpful along with consistent eating times in making sure that you don't get overly hungry. Now, for some of you, hunger might not be the issue. You might eat past fullness for different reasons. And we are going to cover a few tips to help you be more in tune with your fullness. One of the easiest thing to try to start implementing is to slow down your eating a little bit. Remember when we talked about 
our body taking a little bit of time between the nerves telling your brain you're full and the actual expansion of your stomach. Well, slowing down your eating can help with that. I'm not saying you have to take an hour for lunch because most of us don't have time to do that. But maybe trying to drink a cup of water during your meal, taking some sips in between bites can slow you down. Or focusing on having conversation at the dinner table so the focus isn't just on eating and going, but having a few sentences in between bites can help you to slow down your eating and better allow your body to catch up with all of the signals, all of the processes and telling yourself you are full. Another thing that can impede our ability to notice fullness is when we eat distracted. I know that a lot of us are guilty of this at times. We live in a world where there are so many things to do, learn, see, experience all of the time that multitasking seems pretty much necessary. But you don't want to make distracting eating your default. You can just start with focusing on meals. Maybe mealtimes have to be spent at the table, phones down, no TV in the background, just paying attention to food. And if this is a unique and foreign concept for you, you can start by just going through a few questions, a few exercises around your meal. What does this meal taste like? What are some flavors I'm picking up? What are some textures that I'm noticing? Is this reminding me of a time or place? Paying attention to your food and and what it means to you can help you to be more present at the moment. Now, distracted eating isn't something that we want to fully avoid all the time. And then if you ever eat in front of the phone or in front of the TV, then that means that you're doing something wrong. Because like I said, we have so many things going on that it's a little bit inevitable. But if you can put some hard limits around distracted eating just to help you stay a little bit more present, a little bit more aware, that can be really helpful. One of those is don't take more than you intend to eat with you out of the kitchen or to the spot where you're eating. So if you want to have some chips while you're watching your favorite show and unwinding at night, that's fine. But make sure you pre-portion those into a bowl separate from the bag before you sit down. That way you have this external factor that is going to help you stop eating at the end of the serving size you intended to eat and can give you a second to at least check in, think, am I satisfied? Was that enough? Do I want more? And sometimes that barrier of getting up off the couch, walking back into the kitchen and getting more food can be enough to stop you and have you think through whether or not you really want more food. This can also work if you have to do a working lunch. Make sure that you only put the amount of food on your plate that you actually want to be eating at lunch. Now, there's no shame in going back for more if you still feel hungry after finishing the plate, but it gives you that external stop, which can trigger you to do another quick body check-in. Am I still hungry? Am I feeling full? If I do want more food, do I want more of this food I've been eating or something different? Do I need some water? Just paying attention, even if it's for a few seconds, can really help you to stay in tune with this hunger and with this fullness. The last thing that we are going to talk about today is false hunger. You know, the feelings of 
stress causing hunger, thirst causing hunger, emotions causing hunger, sleep causing hunger. How do you discern between actual physical hunger and these false interpretations of hunger? Well, the first step is to do everything I've already told you to do. Get in tune with your hunger signals because the more you learn about yourself there, the easier it is to discern true hunger from false hunger. But the next thing is maybe just asking yourself in a moment, especially if you're getting hungry outside of a normal eating time, is there something else that could be causing this? Am I just tired? Maybe you're getting hungry at 1130 at night and you just need to go to bed. Am I actually feeling stressed or is there, is there anything else that could be causing this in me? Do I need to take a drink of water? But remember, at the end of the day, it is okay to eat for reasons other than hunger. Just because you are wanting food for its flavor doesn't mean that that's a bad decision to make. It's, it's all about the intention of why you're eating. And this is a very deep personal, individualized topic that I work on with my one-on-one clients, knowing their lifestyle, knowing their struggles, knowing their goals. And if this particular topic is something that you struggle with, I would encourage you to reach out to me to see how working one-on-one with a dietitian might help. You can find me on all the socials, Mama Berry Nutrition, but you can always go to my website, mamaberrynutrition.com to schedule a free call just to see what we can do, what we can work on to help. 